Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! So welcome to episode 93 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Loeb. Todd Widener and Peter Jones are here. The whole family is here together for episode 93, week before we play the Minnesota Vikings. Thanks to Rhonda and the folks at Arna Management. Thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com. And thanks to Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson Builders. Thanks to Peter, because he puts amazing things on our website, www.avgcheese.com. And you can find us on Twitter, at avgcheese. I get it all? I feel like I did. I finally submitted my photo. I know, and I need to put it on there. Did you see I put your bio? I put a lot of crazy shit about you on there. You did. That that was good. That was good. (laughs) That was good. All right. So At least I don't have to do that, but I did do my part. I sent you a photo. And I will put it up very soon. Or, or I'll send it to Peter because he's the one that's good at that kind of stuff. Look for our following to increase. Yes. All the females <laughs> are going to follow us now. <laughs> I think we're up to like 1,470 followers on Twitter, something like that. So we're doing okay. We don't yeah. beg for followers, but we still get them. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> we must be saying something. Suggesting that follow number is going to double then. Yes, we'll once be to 3,000 once photos up there. Yes. Once my photo is posted, things are about to change for the average cheese. Jump off. Yep. Of course, yeah. your picture has been on the Twitter page for the entire time. It has. Yeah, well, this is well, different. Well, this is way different. Yeah. yeah. This is the uh, World Wide Web. Right, not just the Twitters. Right. All right, so, Peter, episode 93. Got to be the grave digger, doesn't it? Got to be Gilbert Brown. Quite apt given that this is the week the Packers play Minnesota. That's where Gilbert Brown started his pro career, drafted by the Vikings in the third round in, I guess, 1993. Didn't make it out of training camp. Turned up overweight of all things at at training camp. Cut by the Vikings, picked up by the Packers same year. And the rest is almost history. Obviously, was an integral part of that. Super Bowl team, the Super Bowl teams, 96, 97. Yeah, and just one of those guys that I think when we think of those Super Bowl teams, is one of the names that immediately comes to mind after the Brett Favs and the Reggie Whites. Gilbert's one of those names that just comes to mind as part of that team. Just a huge run-stuffing presence in the middle of the line, playing alongside Santana Dotson and Reggie and Sean Jones and those guys. As well as his play on the field, it was the, the personality and whatever that he brought to, to the Packers. Grave digger nickname, the Gilbert Burger and, and all of that stuff. Just a just a guy who's synonymous with that period of Packer play. And he, he was with the Packers for 10 playing seasons. He's in the Packers Hall of Fame, was inducted in 2008. Like I say, synonym, synonymous with those teams of the 90s mainly. Gilbert Brown for a while owned a local indoor team here. 
It wasn't oh, the Milwaukee. Right. It wasn't the Milwaukee Mustangs, but it was a local indoor team. I think yeah. he still lives here in Wisconsin after his playing days, or he did for a while because he was very prominent, like on radio stations and things like that. He was a guest very often on on local radio around here. I have a Gilbert Brown memory. One of the first Packer games might have been the first Packer game I had ever been to at Lambeau. One of our friends was getting married and his bachelor party was at Lambeau. And we had barely got into the stadium. It was against Tampa Bay and Gilbert Brown made like the first two plays of the game, basically like just blew up the center. Like I think he stopped both runs for a loss. And we were like, well, of course we were drunk. So <laughs> it was amazing. Like we had not even gotten to our seats. We just turned around the game started and there was Gilbert Brown making plays. We have not had that guy since Gilbert Brown, that level of run stopper since he played. Now, the things I remember too, is like Peter mentioned is um, Packer Nation always seems to embrace the the big personalities. And he was definitely not short on, on that at all. I do remember that. It's just him being a huge personality. And I mean, what a great situation to basically be. Was he cut from the Vikings? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're cut from the Vikings and you come and, you know, you get Reggie and uh, Santana Dotson. You go under their wings and learn from them. I mean, what a great situation to be a part of. And then, and then look what happened. I mean, out of nowhere, here's a great nose tackle for the Green Bay Packers. He also has a Gilbert Brown Foundation, which supports a bunch of charities here in Wisconsin, which is maybe something we can talk about down the road. Into some slices. Peter, 24 of 25 national writers have picked the Packers to win the NFC North. Any thoughts on that? I think those 24 are right. Yeah. I think that I think the Packers will win the NFC North. I don't think it would necessarily be as by as big a margin or or winning it as early as perhaps they've done in the last two or three years. By that, I'm not sure they get to 13 wins. Though I think they will win the division. So I think the 24 out of 25 are right. Absolutely right. I would agree. I don't think anything any of these teams are standing in their way. You know, the improved defense. Coming in, I think we're poised for for another big big season. So as long as the special teams can get their shit together. My thoughts on that are, I think the Bears will replace the Lions at the bottom of the division and not be as good. But I think they will win more games than the Lions have recently. I mean, I think they'll win five or six games. I think the division as a whole isn't better, but I think that the Vikings are always pretty good. I think the Lions are going to be better than they have been in the past. And I don't think that the Bears will be as bad as the Lions 2-15 and 15 type. I don't think they'll be that. And I agree with that. And that's why I think, you know, there's going to be the odd, if you want to call it, slight upset along the way. There's going to be some bumps in the road along the way. And that's, I don't think it will take 13 wins to win the division. I don't think the Packers will get to 13 wins. Because I think you're right. I think the division closes up because the worst team in the division, whether that's the Bears or the Lions, I tend to agree it's likely to be the Bears, but their record won't be as bad as the worst teams have previously been. So so that in itself probably implies that the teams start beating each other one or two games in the division itself. If the Lions win six games or seven games, let's say, do they necessarily win them within the division or do they go out and beat the the Jets of the world or the Giants of the world? That, that I don't know. I mean, that I can't predict. I mean, they played the Packers tough. They beat the Packers last year at the end of the season. Are they better enough within the division? I guess that's, that's what it's going to come down to. 
And if it is, then it's going to be much closer and maybe 11 wins wins the division because we're beating up on each other. But I do think over the course of a 6-17 to 17 game season that the top team is going to typically rise to the top. So even though there's some, there might be the odd, what we might call an upset right now along the way, still over the course of the 17-game season, you expect the best team is going to rise to the top. So I put this in the notes, and I apologize. I just put this in like a half hour ago, so I'm really springing this on you. I thought we would predict, because we've already predicted what the we thought the records would be, NFL predictions, like MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, that kind of thing. Super Bowl teams, but Super Bowl teams. Any thoughts? You want me to go first while you collect your thoughts? So my two Super Bowl teams are the Green Bay Packers. And I know that's not a shock. And I would say that, well, I don't know if I would say that if I wasn't a Packer fan, but I think that the Packers have a more balanced team than they've ever had. There are question marks. Yes, I think there are question marks at a couple positions. And we talked about that. But I think that this is a team because it's young in the wide receiver room and we should get better on our offensive line as things go forward. I think the Packers are set up to be a better team than they've been, and they're better now than they were last year. That defense is better now than they were last year. I don't think, in my mind, there's no question about that. We're also going to get Elton Jenkins back. David Bakhtiari is going to start, for, according to some sources, on week one. It's, so the Packers are my team in the NFC, and I think it's going to be the Buffalo Bills in the AFC. Oh, crap. Did I just take yours? I mean, you can yeah. say the same thing. It wouldn't be wrong. You're going to be right yeah. if you agree with me. So that's cool. Yeah. I just think Josh Allen is going to take, yeah. a, take a big jump. I really wasn't very high on Josh Allen coming out of college. I thought he threw the ball like all over the place and into the stands. And I didn't think he was going to be able to fix those accuracy issues. The only thing with Buffalo is he runs too much. And if he gets hurt in a the game, they're fucked. Yeah. But I think that if he stays healthy – I think they're the representative out of the AFC. I agree with you on the two teams. I think the Packers are, there's never been, gosh, I'm trying to think back to a year where there was this much hype around the focus of the defense coming into a a season than this one. Of course, they're unproven, right, at this point. But having that, you know, and there are question marks. The question marks are the receiving core. And obviously, I hate to mention it, but it's the special teams all over again. Can we get a performance out of them? Can can they just do the work that needs to be done? I mean, average work will get us there. I think we're gonna we're gonna steamroll the division. We're in the best possible position for this year, and I've said that the last pre- previous two years. And we were there then too. <laughs> yeah. So right, eight yards away. I would definitely pick the Bills. As soon as you said that, I was like, shit. No. Oh. It's okay, right? Yeah. The NFC is is wide open. I'm going to lean towards the Packers because, heck, we're Packers fans. I now believe that the Packers are going to start slowly and get better as the season progresses. And on that basis, I've always believed it's better to be good at the end of the season when the playoffs come around than it is at the beginning of the season. So I think that works in the pack favor. There are some question marks. You both mentioned, you know, the receiving core, special teams, but I think, and the injuries. But all of those, I think, are going to get better as the season goes on. So I think the team's going to get better as the season goes on. So I'll go with the Packers. In the AFC, I think it's between two teams. Buffalo's one of them. You guys have both gone for Buffalo. Therefore, I'm going to go for Kansas City. 
largely because it's very difficult to look beyond their quarterback. Year in, year out for the last three, four seasons, Kansas City's been there or thereabouts. Patrick Mahomes is my pick for the MVP when we get there. So I'm going to go with Kansas Kansas City to make the Super Bowl again. I mean, it's hard to argue with Patrick Mahomes. He wasn't as good last year, but he's still magic, right? He can still pull things out of a hat. There's only two quarterbacks that can make certain throws, and I think it's Mahomes and Rodgers. I think there are throws that those two guys make that Josh Allen cannot make. So he's your MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Todd, you want to go next? You want me to go? Rodgers. Back to back to back. Yeah, triple. Um, Amari Rogers. <laughs> Definitely not Amari Rogers. So Aaron's going to take more ayahuasca mm-hmm. before the, yeah. he did it he's already. Take some more psychedelics and get a third. And wear a tie dye shirt. <laughs> he's going to be the only one out there with a tie dye jersey on. <laughs> eating clay instead of like champagne in the locker room. Dating the witch. Is he still dating that witch? Uh, I don't know if he is. Who knows? Aaron Rodgers is your MVP. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I think that it'll be Josh Allen. I, I think because they he puts them in a Super Bowl <laughs> and he will play that well throughout the regular season. I think Josh Allen will be the MVP. Oh, I'd love to be Aaron Rodgers. Go ahead, Peter. Well, so there's a very sneaky reason for not going for Aaron Rodgers. When was the last time the NFL MVP won the Super Bowl? You know, I don't know that, right? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I don't know it. I don't know it either. Oh, okay, <laughs> right. But, okay, but it doesn't. Ha- it doesn't happen very often. Well, then we want Todd to be wrong, <laughs> unless it's like the break with history, right? The break with tradition. Yep. If Rodgers wins the MVP and we steamroll the playoffs and win the win the Super Bowl, then I hope you're right, Todd. Now, Todd said on a previous episode, Peter, that he thought. George Pickens was going to be the offense to be the rookie. Yeah, you don't you don't listen to yourself because that's what you said. I'm just kidding, Chris Olave. Obviously, <laughs> I was on Ayahuasca at the moment that I no, said you, that. you said Chris Olave. I'm just messing yeah. with you. I, I stick with that. Huge yeah. offensive. Rookie I almost run rookie. away. Really, Chris Olave. Jameis Winston is throwing him the football. Yeah. I mean, James Winston. And he's going to throw for four thousand yards. yards. I was just going to—that's what I was just saying. He will throw for four thousand yards, probably thirty, easily thirty touchdowns. So, there you have it. And they're going to let that that wide receiver room go wild. I mean, they have Jarvis Landry too, don't they? I don't know. I think I believe they do. Peter, do you want to go next on rookie of the year? I think the top rookie will be Aiden Hutchinson. But I think that Chris Olave oh, will. Pick. I think that Chris Olave will win the Rookie of the Year award because he's an offensive player. I think it's a great pick by Todd because I I, I believe that no matter how many interceptions Jameis Winston throws, he is going to throw for the best part of probably five thousand yards. Yeah, especially especially playing in that dome with that with with that offense with the arm that he's got because he's got a tremendous arm. Yeah, you know, they're going to throw throw the ball all all over the field. That offense is hot. So yeah, I think Alave is a great pick, and I think I think Alave would be my pick, even though I think Hutchinson actually will have a really good year. He would have been an even better pick if he was our pick in the draft, <laughs> Guten Kraus. Then he would have been a rookie of the year for sure. But he already picked him, so it's no different. I mean, if James, would you, would you right now trade if 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 this could happen, and it, and it couldn't obviously, but give up Quay Walker for Chris Alave right now? 
I would rather have Quay Walker than Wyatt <laughs> at this point, but I really like Chris Olave. I don't know that he fits the Packer wide receiver mold, though. He's not going to put his hands on anybody and block anybody in the run game. And the Packers ask guys to do that. And how successful has that been, though? The Super Bowl? And... But we went to the playoffs a million times. You need, the you last need, time a, guy, you need a guy that doesn't, doesn't need to do that. That's what you need. Get the ball downfield. That's the guy. I'm telling you. It's hard for me to argue with all that. <laughs> the other thing, too, with Chris Olave and Jameis Winston is if Winston throws 20 picks, that just means they're behind in games. They got to throw the ball even more. It's a statistics-based award. So yeah. he you know, he yeah. benefits from Jameis Winston throwing it to the wrong team and fumbling a shitload of times, which he also does. So. Yeah. It's he, hard to argue. Gotten, but, I mean, he did have that one year in Tampa Bay where he, where he, threw, he threw 30, 25 picks or something, 30 picks. 30-30. Wasn't he a 30-30? 30-30, yeah. Yeah. He threw for 5,000 yards. Man, that was just poorly mismanaged. Yeah. That's on coaching, I think. I mean, honestly. Well, they were asking him to do stuff in Tampa <laughs> Yeah, they're Bay asking him to do You know, he's throwing the ball 50 times a game. Right. You know? Let's hope that like, Saints do on. that, too, because then they won't be as good. They throw it 50 times a game. This is true. So for me, I think it's Aiden Hutchinson. And there's a couple of reasons for that. They play in the North. And I think that the Bears are going to, he's going to have 18 sacks against the Bears alone because the Bears can't protect anybody. And I think Kirk Cousins, I think he can get to Kirk Cousins. I, I'm going to put this down. You write this on, you know, in stone somewhere. Aiden Hutchinson is going to have eight sacks within the division this year calling that and i think he will be the rookie of the year aiden hutchinson how does he get to kirk cousins with the glass thing that cousins has got around (laughs) right he just knocks it over like a porta potty or whatever (laughs) and then he's sacked so so who has more sacks rashawn gary or aiden hutchinson that's gonna be close i think that gary will go 15 come on i think that gary's got 15 sacks in him this year for sure i think i would do i have to make another yes Let's do that now. It's the beginning of the season. It's time for you to think about it Yep. because we're going through these lists. So we've done MVP, we've done Rookie of the Year. We picked our Super Bowl teams. Todd's challenge, that is. Pressure is on now. So the odds for Coach of the Year, it's crazy how much stuff you can bet on, right? Like there's a lot of derelicts, man, that just bet on any goddamn thing. There's so many avenues to do it now. You can just right. Like, you can bet on everything. Yeah. Brandon Staley is the has the best odds to win coach of the year. Then Brian Dable, Nathaniel Hackett. Ooh. That's an interesting one. But it's a low bar, right? I mean, the Bears are freaking terrible. Dan Campbell. All these guys have basically the same. Brian Dable, Nathaniel Hackett, Mike McDaniel, Dan Campbell. Kevin O'Connell, they all have the same basic betting for coach of the year. You want me to keep going down the list? Kyle Shanahan plus 1,800. Josh McDaniels plus 1,800. Doug Peterson plus 1,800. Frank Reich plus 2,000. Matt LaFleur, who will never get the props that he deserves, plus 2,200. Him and Belichick plus 2,200. Sean McVay plus 2,500. Any of those names... Peter stick out to you like this is the guy NFL coach of the year. No, I think I think this is such a strange award because you, you know let, let's let, let, I mean let's say Lafleur right. If the Packers win 
13 games again and go to the Super Bowl. He's won the same number of games pretty much every season. So is he a better coach now than he was last year or two years ago when he's won the same number of games? Or do you look at a guy that, I don't know, that's coaching, let's say Mike McDaniel at, at Miami, if they win four more games than they won last year, is that what you're looking at? I think this is so difficult. For me, I think it ought to go to somebody that gets to the playoffs and probably wins the Super Bowl, but at least gets their team to the playoffs. Not just improves um, the team. Yeah, I think there's a bar, and I think it's the pl- I think it's the playoff bar because I think it's I think it's easier to add four extra wins when you only won four games last year than it is to add four extra wins when you won 13 games last year, isn't it? Nobody's going 17 and 0. For me, the coach of the year would be one of those guys that gets their team into the playoffs, deep into the playoffs, and that's why for me, and they won't win it. So this is just my view of who it should be, who I think it ought to be would either be LaFleur or Andy Reid because those are my two Super Bowl teams. Coach of the year is never going to go, it rarely goes to a team that's always on top because you're just used to them being there. If LaFleur didn't win it in his first three years, it's going to be harder for him to win it now, right? Because now like the bar has been set and when he wins nine games, I'm like, what the fuck, Matt? You won nine games, you know? you. I mean, yeah, he's gotten hosed over that. Odd thoughts on that? Oddly enough, I, I think uh, on the list in the first, uh, probably because I watched the Hard Knocks episodes, but uh, it was uh, the Lions coach, um, Dan Campbell. I really like that guy. Of course, he will not see the playoffs this year. But the way that guy coaches and his passion for the game and how he approaches everything is just when you kind of see someone who's really in their element and really belongs where they where they are. I mean, that guy is just so passionate about the game, man. And that, that would be my choice. My other choice would be Shanahan. As much as I hate to say that, I really like the guy. I really love the way he coaches, but I hate the Niners. So it's really tough for me to say, you know, to give an answer. Um, but those are, those are the two names that stand out to me on, the, on that list. I think that sometimes it's a popularity contest. And I think it also goes to what you said, Peter, that sometimes improvement is overrated in coach of the year. So I think it's going to be Dan Campbell. That's my pick. So Todd and I have the same one on two things. Dan Campbell has already gotten because of hard knocks, the kind of the groundswell that you need to start building your name as a household name. And I think that that's part of it. I think they're going to also be better. And I think Dan Campbell is a coach that you can use to win more games. I don't know if he's ever going to get them to the playoffs, but that personality, like we believe in what we're doing. I think that's huge for teams who have sucked for long, you know, so long, like the lions have, he's in the right spot to be coach of the year, because if they win eight games this year, after winning two and three and five for like the last six or seven years, I think that that really bodes well for him. So I think Dan Campbell will also be cool. I think he's in the right spot too, but can, can you, how long do you survive there? If they don't win, I mean, how long does he survive there? I don't know if what he does is an act or if it's who he is. You know what I'm saying? I think it's, I, I think it's real. I mean, I really do. Because if and it's I'm, an act, he's not going to last long. You can't yeah. keep the act up very long. Yeah. But if that's who you are... I think that helps him, but I, that also could go stale. They start winning nine games, they get a real veteran so, team in there, and all of a sudden they're like, "Dude, you're, we yeah. get it, we get it, bro." 
How many games would the Lions have to win for him to, to get the coach of the year? I say seven. Yeah, I was going to go eight. Around 500, yeah. They yeah. got to be around 500. Yeah. yeah, I mean, shit, if they get a, a winning season out of it. Holy smokes. If they get a winning season, he's running away he, with it. Yeah. I'm not a betting man, but if I would put money on Dan Campbell. How about defensive player of the year? I'll give you a nine. I'm going to put a Packers hat on and say it's Roshan Gary. Challenge accepted. <laughs> now the challenge just got even more uh, exciting. <laughs> we'll see. And there is there's some logic behind that, right? So, so very rarely in this day and age is it not a guy that leads the league in sacks or is very close to leading the league in sacks, right? Normally the guy that leads the league in interceptions is a bit of an up and down guy. So typically doesn't win. So, so it's normally the premier pass rusher or one of the premier pass rushers in the league, give or take an Aaron Donald here and there, right? So the names that spring to mind are Aaron Donald, are TJ Watt, perhaps more in hope than anything else that this is Rashan Gary's really huge breakout year and he's going he's gonna to get 15 and a half sacks. Todd's going to eat a bunch of paper or whatever he... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> Every does so, yeah. There you go, Rashan Gary. Gonna, I would love to see that. I don't think it's gonna be Rashan Gary. I don't think that he has. I think there has to be a little media push for all of these things, and I don't know that Rashan Gary is gonna get the media push. Like Aaron Donald, everybody loves Aaron Donald, even though he's a jackass, even though he's hitting people with helmets in camp. Yeah, I mean, choking Elton yeah. Jenkins and stuff like he does shit like that, and it's everybody's cool with it. Yeah, I don't know that. Everybody's in love with Rashawn Gary, but I would love to see it because you know that means something so great I'm, is going to happen. I'm going to do something stupid. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. <laughs> that is that is what we need to come up with. We set, what exactly. this is over with. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to be. Is it going to be a Rashawn Gary based bet again against yourself? I think it has to be. I, I feel like be. it does until. Until my pick would be, or I should say, I think somebody who has a really high potential would be Devondre Campbell. Yeah. And he got, he got screwed out of the Pro Bowl last year. You know, with the players that he's going to have around him, he's going to have a lot more. And maybe it's the Homer in me coming out, but Devondre Campbell. There you go. I think that Aaron Donald is a great player. And I think that he, you know, he can't, you don't often win it over and over again. And I don't think he'll win it. I think it's going to be TJ Watt. I don't like that. You just took my guy, but I think that like, like you said, Peter, they don't throw it at Jair Alexander because they know what's going to happen. Like that dude for the Cowboys that had like a million picks last year. It's because he's not all that great. He has great speed, but he's not all that great in coverage. So I don't, I I think it's going to be TJ Watt if healthy. Because he does have some things, and I don't know that that means – I don't know if he's going to start every game, but I think that he is the best player in the NFL defensively. I don't like Aaron Donald at all. No, he's a bitch. He's a dick, man. I mean – He's in Dominican Sioux like with a lot more talent. He's got yeah. that – Ripping you know, his helmet off and stuff during the Super Bowl. Whatever, man. All right. So let's preview Packers-Vikings. Peter, we'll start with you. What's the keys to this game, Packers-Vikings? Give me one. The, the immediate one for the Packers for me, uh, there's, there's a number of them, special teams. Amen. 
particularly in a division game where where it could be close. We're on the ro- you know on the road in 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 Minnesota. One play here and there can make all the difference. And there's so many special teams plays in the game, and 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 the Packers have struggled in all facets of special teams for the last what seems like a decade and probably is a decade. Any one of those, you know, kickoff coverage, punning, punt coverage, any any of those could win or lose this game. And that's why, for me, it is the key. Amen to all of that. I think for me, in this game, what I want to see on the defensive side of the ball is, and I know we're kind of jumping around, but I want to see the, the DBs go up against this wide receiver core straight up. Like, this is what it's going to be. This is what it's going to come down to. The, the defense is going to focus on shutting down Dalvin Cook, and we're going to go one-on-one straight up. We have the best DBs in, in the NFL on paper, yes. They do have the best receivers, at least in the division. Let's match up. Let's go man-to-man and, and see what happens. I, I think that's – and if we, we can win that matchup, I, th- I think that we're going to come out ahead. But I, like Peter said, I think this game is going to be close. Real close, like field goal or under close. Yeah. I agree that it's going to be a close game. My concern or the keys to this game is do the Packers have Alan Lazard? Do they have David Bakhtiari? Do they have a full roster of guys to play against a division opponent? Because Bakhtiari playing or not playing changes the whole dynamic of that offensive line, right? Then who are you playing at left tackle? Now you've got, you're starting to change things around. If the Packers could start Bakhtiari and he is 100%, they're going to need him because, you know, Zadarius Smith, yes, he didn't play last year for the Packers, still above average. And I don't want to call him elite, but he could be an elite pass rusher. Daniel right. Hunter is, you know, was an elite pass rusher at one time. Like their pass rush is for real. And on the offensive side, you're talking about it before, Todd. It's like, okay, who do we throw the football to? Lazard is out. Now you're, you know, it's Rodgers and Cobb. And there's a, you know, there's a lot of question marks there throwing the football if Lazard doesn't play. It's all question marks. And you know, Lafleur is going to come out with a balanced attack as usual. But I think I would rely a little bit heavier on the run than I would, you know, like getting these guys' feet on the ground. You got Watson probably running out there, Dobbs running out there for their very first games. Lafleur is likely going to dial that back and rely and see if they can get the running game a little bit more attempts than than, than the passing game and just try to control the clock. Well, I think one of the one of the worries is that we saw the way the Packers came out in their season opener against New Orleans last year. Oh man! And it's difficult till they put that game to bed. It's difficult to get that game out of your head. A lot of that last year was down. None of the guys played in the preseason and, and, and all of that stuff. And we've got the same question marks again about the majority of starters not playing in the preseason. May or may not be a good thing. Who knows? But until that Saints game is put to bed, it, it's right in the forefront of my mind about how this game could, I hope it won't, but how it could get away from the Packers quickly on Sunday. I know we just talked about keys. Offensively, my thing is this. You don't need a wide receiver to be your number one pass catcher. Now, the Ravens have proven it over and over again with Mark Andrews. You see, there are times where Travis Kelsey catches more balls than anybody in Kansas City. Could it be Aaron Jones? Could Aaron Jones catch eight balls in this game? Could A.J. Dillon catch eight balls in this game? And there are very few teams in the league who have the dynamic backfield that the Packers have. So, I hope that 
a pass catcher steps up. I'd love to see it be Sammy Watkins. I don't think it's going to be Christian Watson. You know, is he going to in game one? Is he going to be Justin Jefferson? I don't think so. But anybody, I don't care who it is. Somebody has to catch six or seven balls for around 100 yards or the Packers are going to struggle on offense. So on offense, it can be anybody, but someone has to be able to catch the football. There's a few, uh, not to bring up fantasy football, but I will, but there's <laughs> like A.J. Dillon is like a RB1. Really? In a bunch of leagues, yeah, in a bunch of predictions. So they get those two guys. And I think that's part of the offense that's not really been hyped up yet going into the season is just like, look at the backs we have. You know, the, the biggest concern has been like, the offensive line, the wide receiver core is young and they're inexperienced in this and that. But like, look who's behind Rodgers. I mean, that's a that's pretty solid, too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a very, very bizarre state of affairs where you think, does the opposition defense, the Vikings in this case, stack to stop the run and bizarrely force last year's MVP to try and beat you? Right. Yeah, normally you'd think what a bizarre question that is. But with the receiver situation, it's kind of kind of think. Like, that's probably how you at least start out defense in the Packers is I stop the run and, and, and force those receivers to try and beat me. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to, we're going to force the Packers to pass the football. <laughs> right. Gonna, that doesn't seem quite right, but it does make sense. Right. Cause you, there's too many question marks in that pass catcher group, that wide receiver group. And with Tanya being out too, there's that. Is Tanya, when is Tanya supposed to be back? I I think he's going to be ready. Hopefully he's going to be ready to take some of the pressure off the wide receiver core. I did not know that. That's interesting. I hope he's been practicing as far as I know. He's certainly been practicing because I've seen because I've seen some film of of him practicing. So he's certainly close to being ready to go whether he goes Sunday or not I don't I have no idea. That would be big if he can play that changes. The other thing I wanted to interject too is um about Quay Walker. You know, this being his very first NFL game in hostile territory, in a divisional environment, I hope the plan is to rotate him just to kind of get him, get him some snaps, get the jitters out. But I hope he's not in there 100%. I think Barnes and him should just be rotating, either whether it's a series or different uh, situations in the game. I hope to see that. Because I don't want him to get the deer in the headlights situation going on with him. Defensively, we have said for, I don't know, ever since Dalvin Cook was in the league, we need to shut down Dalvin Cook. Like, that's always been a thing. We should should go back in our Minnesota notes, but it's always shut down Dalvin Cook. Sure. Because he obliterated the Packers in a couple games. And Alexander Madison, to be fair. scary. Yeah, he does scare me. But for the first time since we started this podcast, the Packers should, right. in theory, have their best run defense they've ever had. I'm optimistic instead of scared. All the other times, I was scared. Who starts on a defensive line if you're Joe Barry, Peter? Going to be Reed, Clark, and Lowry. As long as Dean Lowry doesn't play on roller skates, they should be able to stop the run. Yeah, and I'm making the assumption that they, that they start with three defensive linemen think they're going to probably play a lot of two defensive linemen and a lot of five defensive backs for linebackers because your two outside linebackers in in Rashan Gary and Preston Smith are predominantly pass rushing guys so they make up a four-man line if you like but 
but yeah, I mean, I think I think your first down guys stuffing the run, if you like, on first down. I think I, I think of those three that that we've mentioned. So you've already said this. You want to ease Quay Walker into things. Yeah, Peter, what do you think about Devontae Wyatt? Does Wyatt get any significant snaps in Week One? I mean, I, I'm with you, Todd. Walker, hopefully, I think he should play on passing downs because he is stupid fast, and I think he should play. But to go back and to long. you, Peter, and long. But I think he's going to start right away. I think it's going to be him and Campbell. But what about Devontae Wyatt, Peter? From what we've seen and from all reports and then extrapolating that forward, I don't why it gets a lot of snaps. I'm going to imagine he gets around 10 snaps, not a lot more than that, hmm. in, in kind of in kind of rotation role. You know, they've kept six six defensive linemen, assuming that they're all active. Then I don't think Wyatt probably sees more than 10 snaps this week. I think over the course of the season, that's going to increase and increase. But I think this week, I don't think it's going to be many. Peter, we talked about it, and I talked about this for the longest. Kenny Clark should play defensive end on third down. When they're trying to rush the passer, I think it should be – I think TJ Slayton should come in and play the nose, and they move Dean Lowry out of there, and Clark – it's Clark and Reed at defensive end. I think that's – Moving Dean favorite. Lowry out of there is always a good Always a positive? <laughs> Never expected <laughs> you'd say something like that. Never. <laughs> So special teams-wise, we talked about this. The Packers won 13 games, though, with the worst special teams maybe in the history of, all, of the NFL last year. It couldn't have been much worse. So I was thinking about this the – I think it was the other day. I was like, has Dale ever went back – because you missed the blocked – Hunt. I did not watch that game. I have never watched. You still that. have this day have never seen the replay of that or anything. Never. Okay, I just wanted to reset that, and I won't. Let's okay. just be. I, I already said this before. It but is I, the most I, abysmal. Well, we won't get into it, but yeah, we don't want to have any coronary issues during this podcast. But it, they, I hate to say this, and I'm going to say it, but they can't be worse, right? And all indications, like in the preseason, I get it's preseason, and I get there's guys out there who will, you'll never see it ever again, but it didn't look good. And No, it didn't. How do you say the coach's name? Basaccia? Basaccia. Basaccia. Hopefully he's got a plan going forward. They paid him a buttload of money. He's one of the higher paid special teams coaches in the league. Dude, I mean, those guys, they have to want to be on that squad and do good things in order to get this team to the Super Bowl. I think the big issue over the last, as we said, decade or so, it feels like a decade, has been the problems on special teams haven't been in just one area. So if it was just the punter or if it was just punt returns or whatever on any given special teams play guys will line up off sides on the kickoff you know we can't kick off into the end zone it felt like any punt at any time could be blocked it just felt like that 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 punt block was yes. coming at any coming time. At, right. yeah. at, at any time and it feels like not only could we not kick off into the end zone but every kickoff return that we have to cover is about 35 it's about a 35 yard return they always seem to be starting at around the 40 and that may or may not be true, but it just feels like that. And I think it's because of the contrast. Even if the Packers' kickoff returns were kind of at the league average, it feels really bad because we're giving up what seems like 35 yards, 40 yards every turn. So so I think just all over the field, that whole special teams thing has, has been 
has been a mess. The worry for me is I don't know how you fix all of that in one go. Even bringing in Passaccio, I don't know how you fix all of that in one go because I think you have to build a roster where the back end of the roster, guys 40 to 53, almost have to be special teams guys first. So your fourth inside linebacker is a better special teams guy than he is an inside linebacker. Your fifth outside linebacker is a better special teams guy than he is an outside line linebacker and so on and so forth. And I, that's that's generally not been the Packers' MO for building for building the roster. So I think that's part of the question. Crazy, right, to have two kickers on the roster. But I am all for if Rami Zambed can kick the ball through the end zone on kickoffs, he should be on the 53 every week. Because Mason Crosby can't do it. That day is over for him. That would take away at least kickoff coverage. Now you don't have a blunder on kickoff coverage if he can blast it through the end zone every time. I know it's stupid, but I think he should be on the roster and take a spot. I said this before, but Mason Crosby should not. We should have parted ways with him. We really should have. I mean, he's done. I mean, let's face it. Is he but, 100% healthy? Like, I, ha- no, I have not he, heard he, anything. They scoped his fucking knee. And we're going into the season with that. But has he been a great kicker? I mean, there's, there's no. It's time to move on. He himself is a question mark, along with the rest of the the special teams. There's no person or player that's solidifying any of that. We'll see how it goes. I hope he's 100% healthy. There are going to be some games like this game possibly that come down to Yeah, field exactly. Games. Do you want to see him line up for a 47-yarder with three seconds left? How do you feel about that? I mean, I don't feel good about that. And we have to make off. a prediction. That, that's, I'll just throw a three in there for that. Peter? We'll start with you. Prediction. So the Packers are one and a half point favorites in this game. The over-under is 47. Now, we have not done this previously, but we're going to start doing this against the spread because we're experts now. So start with you, Peter. I believe the Packers will win this game, but they won't cover, which means they'll win by one point. And I would bet the under. The under 47. Really? Interesting. You know, I always go over. I'm always the over. Todd, you want to go next? You want me to go? I'll bet the under two. Are they going to cover the one and a half? Yes. Okay. So the Packers win. They win by more than two. And you're going to go. Sorry. It's going to be close. I mean, uh, it, and you're going to go it's under. Going to be a close also? Game. It's going to be like 2017 or something crazy. Okay. So they're going to go under the 47. I say the Packers do not cover. In fact, I think they will lose this game. All right. I think it'll be under two because I don't think the offense will be quite ready. Yeah, sorry. I think it's the first time I've ever chose the Packers to lose a game ever. And oh, a season opener. And a season opener, but we shit the bed last year. Is that it? I guess so. All right. So thanks for listening to episode 93 of the Average Chiefs podcast, the Gilbert Brown version. Go, Paco. Go, Paco. Go, Paco. Go, Paco.